<clears throat> okay, guys, that was a disaster. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with this live stream thing. I'm going to have to do more research and figuring out how OBS and all of that works. So I'm, I'm recording this, and then I'm publishing it later. So this is Surfing Through Cinema. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin. And today I'll be discussing the next and last film for Star Wars Week, Rise of Skywalker. Then I'll briefly discuss each of the Vinci's Star Wars shows and movies Disney Plus just put on. And then I'll give you my Star Wars rankings. So, here we go. I'll start off with technical details about Rise of Skywalker. So, the unused footage of Princess Leia um, from Force Awakens and I believe from Last Jedi was used in this film. And, you know, they did that with permission of Carrie Fisher's estate. And uh, they, I, uh, I'm very impressed with the work of it. It's almost seamless. You wouldn't be able to tell that it was dialogue and lines from another movie. So I'm very impressed with that. The next technical point, so Adam Driver, he did his own stunts. Um, he's proving more and more that he's a very prolific actor. And uh, his character arc and Ray's, I think, are the strongest. Although they're not super strong characters, but they're definitely the best in this trilogy. Um, then the last technical point, so C-3PO, he appears in all nine Star Wars saga films. And I think that's interesting that George Lucas wanted it that way. He wanted a, kind of the comic relief to kind of travel along through all these crazy adventures. And uh, I really like that. Alright. So those are my technical details for Rise of Skywalker. Now I'm going to get into the plot. So Pap Palpatine is back, somehow. Uh, Rey needs a knife to find him, and uh, in order to find him, she has to fight Kylo Ren, who has the knife and a, uh, I believe it's a holocron that leads to Exegol, which is where Palpatine is at. Um, they fight, and she comes out triumphant, but kind of showing that she has a little of the dark side in her. And... Uh, and then the Resistance, following her, they go to Exegol uh, to attack and kill Palpatine to try to stop his Last Order, which is a bunch of ships that he's made. And uh, so Rey, she ends up fighting him. And then Kylo, he decides, you know, he, he needs to be good again. And he helps her out, but he ends up sacrificing himself. That's essentially the plot to this movie. Um... Yeah, I won't get too much into it. I have more things I want to discuss, but yeah, that's essentially the plot to that Rise of Skywalker. Now, critics hated and loathed this movie. As a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, this is the lowest rated Star Wars film, and you would think that, you know, Phantom Menace and Attack of Clones, you know, all these other ones, you'd think they'd be low too, but this is the lowest. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes themselves, they said, had a lack of imagination and kind of felt like, you know, last minute, let's wrap up this storyline. They didn't feel genuine and real um, and that they really cared. The next critical point. So the AV Club gave it a C plus and saying, said it was a flashing and weak smile <laughs> compared to all these other ones. They thought it was kind of a pathetic excuse and really didn't like it. And then Forbes, um, they say, Rise of Skywalker denies this new trilogy its artistic reason for even existing. So yeah, critics were really, really adamant on this movie 
being terrible. They they were like, no, this is not a good movie. And it's interesting that you'd see in The Last Jedi, they were very on board, I think at 98% and saying like that. So it's interesting to see how critics uh, shift from movie to movie. And uh, now let's get into my personal views. Sadly, I do not like this movie. Every time I watch it, this is the second time I've seen it now, it gets worse and I like it less and less. There's a lot of plot holes. The biggest one, in my opinion, is how the heck did Palpatine come back? They never answer that. Well, they kind of do, but it's not not good enough of a reason. Then on top of that, why Palpatine? Now, if some of you were watching the live stream when I brought up this point, someone said, well, then did Anakin actually fulfill the prophecy? You know, was he actually the chosen one? Um, if Palpatine didn't die, if he didn't really bring balance to the Force. Which is like, yeah, why, why bring him back? Because then that totally throws all of that out the window that Anakin wasn't the Chosen One. Um, and then my last point, Disney really should have planned out this trilogy. It, it bothers me that, um, that they didn't. That they kind of just planned it movie to movie instead of planning an arc of a story and then getting to that point, getting to the end point. So this whole trilogy suffers from that and each movie is different and unique, but they don't really belong together. They kind of clash with each other and don't really make sense. Um, now, had uh, Last Jedi, for example, had that been the first one uh, of this trilogy, it probably would have turned out better. Like, oh, they're subverting our expectations. Now we have an expectation of what this trilogy is going to be like. Instead, we just keep getting changes and changes and changes. Um, I'll get more into my thoughts on the other ones later. But, yeah, that those are my personal views of Rise of Skywalker. It, it, it's not a good movie, guys. I'm sorry. It's really not. All right, so those are my thoughts and feelings on Rise of Skywalker. Now we'll get into... Vintage Star Wars. So, on Disney+, Plus, if anyone hasn't seen this yet, they released a couple properties that before weren't really considered canon. And uh, now they have them there. So it kind of is like, okay, are these canon or are these kind of like the Marvel Legends that we also see on Disney+, Plus, where they're not part of the MCU, but they're stories about Marvel characters. Um, I think that's kind of the route they're trying to go with this. Um, there's a lot of Ewok stuff. <laughs> but the first one is the Clone Wars animated series. I loved this as a kid. This came out in 2003, right around, uh, right after Attack of the Clones. And I remember these little segments of it until uh, Revenge of the Sith actually came out. So I thought this was a great way to prepare fans for that. And it was little bite-sized pieces. That's why it's called a micro-series, because... You'd watch the whole thing in like two and a half hours. Um, I loved it. I love the animation. Uh, Jendi Tartakovsky, he's one of my favorites from Cartoon Network. He did Dexter's Lab. He did Samurai Jack. He has a distinct style that I think was really good for Star Wars. And uh, I love his general previous in this more than the one in the movie. The one in the movie is kind of a joke. This one, he's menacing. He's scary. Very silent and deadly. And I love that about it. 
Um, and something they do in this that I really like is they show more instead of telling, which I think is very important in animation, especially. So I love this animated series. I recommend checking it out. Sure, it's not canon. We have the Clone Wars TV show that's CGI. Great show, but I recommend checking this out too. It's, it's worth a watch. All right, the next one is Caravan of Courage. So I didn't have the time to watch these movies, Caravan of Courage or the next one after, but I did watch the one minute segment they had from it on Disney Plus, and it was so bizarre and weird. They're on the forest moon of Endor, right? But they have real animals, like there were chickens, little girls holding a ferret. So bizarre. Like, why are all these creatures on Endor? It didn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, the kid acting was, well, kid acting, right? Shouldn't expect too much out of it. Um, I'll probably watch this eventually, but I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but that's Caravan of Courage. And then the sequel, Ewoks the Battle of Endor, um, again, didn't have time, but I watched the trailer. Wicket talks. He talks in the other trailer too, but there's just something off-putting about seeing him talk, because in Return of the Jedi, you know, he's like, yub-nub, and all this stuff, right? Um, so it really threw me off seeing him talking, like, in English. I don't understand why that is. It sounds like it's a plot point. Like, no, they don't talk. It's really bizarre. I guess I'll have to watch these to get it. So, I don't know. I kind of like the cover designs they did for it. It looks kind of cool. Although, <laughs> Wicked's eyes are a little weird in this. But, regardless, that's Ewoks The Battle of Endor. Okay, the next is the Ewoks animated series. This was really weird. <laughs> um, the first season had this theme song like e e e ewoks it's like what the heck and they had synthesizer music which works um for other things but it was really bizarre having it in this show i only watched the first and last for both of these seasons so i watched four of them um i'll admit the second season's theme song was better um it kind of reminded me of the gummy bears theme you know kind of endearing a little bit but yeah, this is a weird show. And uh, I guess the only positive point about it is we learned Wicket's full name in the first episode. It's Wicket W. Warwick, which is after Warwick Davis, who's the actor who played uh, Wicket So in the live-action movie. So that's interesting, but I don't know, guys. I think it's you can skip it. This is definitely a kid's show. Um, like I said, it's like Gummy Bears, it's like Care Bears. This is a kid's show. Kind of the whole point is uh, to entertain your kids. Alright, now the next one is the story of the faithful Wookiee. So, this to me shows and proves that <laughs> the holiday special is canon. Now they talk about it in uh, Mandalorian. They talk about Life Day and Life Day's in. The holiday specials. So, the fact that they have this cartoon now. Sure, it's in the vintage. Like I said, maybe it's like the Marvel Legends, but they haven't really given insight into that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the highlight of the holiday special. That's not saying a lot, because this is not a good cartoon. 
Um, the animation is cool in some parts, like the design of Boba Fett, C-3PO and R2 is pretty cool, and Chewbacca, he's kind of cute, but um, everyone else is weird. Like Luke has these huge blue eyes, they're kind of freaky looking, and he moves so much and so expressive. And I think this was made in Japan because there are some, uh, like some titles that were in Japanese. And um, I have a dog, guys. Sorry, she's uh, going crazy. Um, I I just didn't get it. It was kind of bizarre. Um, now the weirdest part, though, about this in the holiday special is Lumpy, who's Chewbacca's kid. He's watching this cartoon. Which tells me that some someone in the rebellion spent the time and effort to animate and draw a story about Lumpy's dad. That's a little weird if you think about it. <laughs> I don't get why they did that. It's a little bizarre. But anyways, like I said, this is the highlight of the um, holiday special. But on its own, it's kind of a weak cartoon. Not really much of a plot and storyline to it. Again, the art's interesting. Some parts it's really good, other parts it's really weird. Yeah, I say I recommend watching it maybe once, but that's about all you need. It's cool seeing where they got design ideas for The Mandalorian, that's pretty cool, but that's about it. So yeah, that's the story of the Faithful Wookiee, right? Alright, so that officially ends what's the vintage Star Wars, um, again... The only thing, in my opinion, really is worth watching is the animated Clone Wars. The rest are skippable. Maybe one-time views and then trying to forget about it. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm a little curious why Disney decided now to put all these on there. Maybe, to, again, like the Marvel Legends. Who knows? But, yeah. I, I really just recommend the Clone Wars. Alright, so now I'm going to get into my rankings of the Star Wars movies. And uh, there's a couple of them in here that I count as part of the series. Mainly because what I made a letterbox list with these on it. So if it showed up in letterbox to me, it means it's a movie. So, there you go. Alright, so the first one, the worst one in my opinion, the worst Star Wars movie of all time is... The holiday special. It has some so bad it's good moments in it. It's got, again, that cartoon I just mentioned. But the rest of it is just so bizarrely weird. You could definitely tell the five writers who were working on this were clashing. They had no idea what to do with this. They, they kind of just winged it and did what they wanted with it. Um, my brother and I... We, uh, we went into more details about how it's, some parts it's so bad it's good, but other parts it's just really weird, really bizarre. The only reason why I would recommend ever watching it is if you're with a group of friends who love Star Wars, to watch this bizarre insanity unfold in front of you. So, yeah, the holiday special is the worst of all time, in my opinion. Alright, next, so the Clone Wars animated film. This came out a couple months before the TV show did. And I remember trailers for it and being really excited. I was like, wow, we're going to get another Star Wars movie. We have to remember 
I was um, I was a little kid. I think I was nine or ten when this was coming out. So I was the perfect age for this. this uh, what was it called? Revenge of the Sith. I was a little too young for it still. So this was the perfect thing for me as that kid. And uh, I was really disappointed with it. You know, why do we need a story about Jabba the Hutt's little kid? That's a little weird. And why is the Republic working and trying to help him? Again, really weird. Um, definitely a, a slow start to the series. I'm, I'm glad this series was able to carry on, you know, despite this movie. It is not a good movie. Um, now, I do need to make a correction. This one actually has a lower Rotten Tomato score than um, than uh, Rise of Skywalker does, but some people don't count this one as part of the series, but I do, so just need to make that clarification. All right, the next one, Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry, guys. I do not like this movie. Now, I don't blame... Natalie Portman and uh, Hayden Christensen. I blame the writing of George Lucas. Um, he didn't have the studio overlooking him. This was his own money he financed into these movies, right? So, without that kind of control, that antagonist boss, if you will, the product suffers. You know, no one could stand up to him and say, "Hey, this is kind of dumb." <laughs> Maybe people didn't. They probably got fired. But, yeah, this is not a good movie. Ewan McGregor, he's he's a highlight. I like him. I don't like him as much in this one. This is his weakest performance, in my opinion. And uh, Mace Windu's cool. Yeah, I, I, like, I liked him. Yoda's scene with Count Dooku's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, this is the worst prequel in... I really don't like it. So I'm going to move on to the next one. Phantom Menace. So yeah, the Phantom Menace, right? Um, yeah, and people really hate and loathe this movie. I don't. Um, I don't loathe it. I don't love it either. But I think we need to lay off the, the hate for uh, Jake Lloyd, who plays Anakin. We have to remember, he was a kid. Sure, his acting is not good, and sure, it's like, why are we seeing Anakin Skywalker's 10 years old, and why is he too old to be a Jedi? What are you talking about? He's a little kid. But, again, it's George Lucas's fault. We, if there's anyone to blame, it'd be him. Um, he's not a good director. I think he's great at coming up with stories, um, but I think he needs other people to direct and write out storylines. I mean, a script. So, yeah. I don't know what else I could say. Phantom Menace. I love the Duel of the Fates. Great scene. Um, pod racing scene's pretty cool. That's about it. Everything else is kind of boring. Alright, next one. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, so... I don't like this movie. Um... But not because I hate it, but because I was disappointed with it. And it was odd that all these uh, all these events that Han Solo talks about in the original trilogy all happen in this one adventure. Maybe they thought, well, we're only going to get one movie, so let's just cram it all into it. I don't know. 
But uh, Aldrich Al Hennigan? I can't remember his name. The guy who plays Han. I don't think he's a good role. He kind of looks like Harrison Ford. I'll give him that. But the way his his acting is and the way he carries out the role doesn't feel like Han Solo. It it kind of feels like annoying and whiny and I don't find Han Solo like that at all. Maybe he got tough over the years, but I don't know. It's hard to like him knowing what he'll be because you're like, well, I just want Han Solo. I don't, I don't care about a lot of this stuff. I don't care if he had another girlfriend. It's cool to see him meeting Chewbacca, but again, why did all that stuff happen in this one story? It's insane. But I digress. That's Solo. Let's move on. Yep, not Rise of Skywalker, right? Again, uh, <coughs> had they planned out this series, it probably would have been okay. No, maybe not. I don't know. I was very disappointed with them. I liked seeing it in theaters. It was cool. Cool theater experience, but... When you take off the rose-tinted glasses, uh, it's really not a good movie. I don't know what else to say. It's not a good one. Moving on. Last Jedi. Now, here's the big reason why I don't like this movie. Um, it's not that I don't like the direction they took it. What I don't like is they completely disregard, not entirely, but they pretty much disregard everything that happened in Force Awakens. You know, they set up all these expectations that wasn't it's not like they were great expectations or anything but you know Chekhov's gun if there's a gun in the room it's gonna go off in the third act otherwise why have it right they missed the mark with that had this been the first one like I said a little bit earlier this probably would have been a good movie and it probably would have been talked about in a much higher light but I don't know man I, I think they missed the mark um yeah, that's Last Jedi. The next, The Force Awakens. So, I like it. Again, it was a great start off to this trilogy. I wish they continued with the momentum of it, but it is what it is. You know, these are all canon. We can't change that fact. Um, I'm very disappointed in how they treated Han Solo. They kind of treat him like a divorced dad and, um, you know, like, to me, it's like backpedaling on his character development. He's different by the end of, well, first, episode four, but also he's different by Return to Jedi. So it's weird seeing him going back to his old ways when he's changed so much. And it's unfortunate that, it's so unfortunate how this trilogy turned out, that they kill off Han Solo in the first one, they kill off Luke and the next one, and unfortunately, due to the tragic death of Carrie Fisher, they had to kill off Princess Leia in the third one. So, all of the characters, we never got to really see them all together. Even in Last Jedi, when Luke and Leia are together, that's not really Luke, it's a projection of him. So that was something I think they missed the mark on, was having all three of them together. They never did. It's a tragedy that they'll never happen, but... Uh, again, Force Awakens, I like it. 
It's okay. I don't hate it. So, yeah, moving on. Return of the Jedi. So, this is a good movie, but it's definitely not the best uh, original trilogy movie. You know, again, the Ewoks. It's not that I don't like the Celtic creatures or anything. I just have a hard time believing they could take down the Empire. Which, they kind of address Mandalorian that they didn't. But still, until all of that, people thought that the Empire was taken down by uh, some a group of ragtag rebels and some teddy bears. I don't know. Job of the Hutt sequence, um, kind of long. I don't know if it was necessary to go back to Tatooine. I don't know why we need another Death Star, why we need to go back to all these other places. It kind of feels a little lazy that they brought in these elements from the other ones and said, okay, let's put it together and let's make a, mo a mod podge of the other two. I don't know. It didn't feel too unique from the other ones. It just felt like a repeat. But yeah, that's Return of the Jedi. Now the next one is Revenge of the Sith. This is the best of the prequel trilogy. Again, Ewan McGregor is fantastic as Obi-Wan Kenobi. One of the best parts of the prequel trilogy. Um, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman's romance is still cringy. Nowhere near as bad as Attack of the Clones, so that's a plus, I guess. Um, a lot of great visual effects, you know, just watching it recently, they still look really good. Um, the thing I've noticed now is with uh, CGI special effects, they don't age well. Now, practical effects seem to age a little bit better. Not always, but it seems they are aging a lot better. CGI, I'm worried, is not going to age well at all. But these still look really good for the most part. Um, there's a couple scenes like an Utapau, you could tell it's a CGI model, not an actual person getting into a ship. But other than that, it's well done. Again, best of the prequels. Um, I kind of wish it was like this all along in the prequel trilogy. I kind of wish we were thrown into the middle of the Clone Wars with the beginning of it. That would have been kind of cool. But, again, it's all canon. This is what we get. Sorry, I have an itchy nose, guys. Alright. Next. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. I love this movie. Um, I kind of wish Disney didn't jump into a trilogy right away. I wish they did a bunch of anthology films like Rogue One to get everyone hyped and excited for... Star Wars again. <clears throat> I think this would have been the experiment to do that. But, anyways, great movie. I love the characters. Yeah, they all die, but I still think they're great. Um, I love how they fix a couple plot holes with A New Hope. You know, like, why was there a, a, a port that could blow up the whole Death Star? Well, because Rebel Spy implant implanted it there so it kind of fixes little things yeah great movie i recommend it it's a great war movie too it, it's great one of my favorites all right number two the empire strikes back this is a great great film uh 
the visual effects, like it's the special effects, the practical effects in this are amazing. Um, you know, the AT-AT walkers, they, they move so menacingly, and you forget that they're miniatures. They're not full size at some point. Um, they did some great, great work in this movie. Um, again, Mark Hamill, he's got better dialogue in this one. He's not the greatest actor, but I think he did pretty good in this one. And, uh... It's interesting seeing the bad guys win. You usually don't see that in movies. Um, so I like how they did that in, the, of course, the twist ending with Darth Vader being Luke's father, right? I love that. So yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Great film. Alright, now my number one favorite Star Wars movie of all time. If you've been keeping track, you probably know what it is already, but here it is. A New Hope. Now, I recognize this movie has flaws. I recognize that it has a lot of problems, especially behind the camera. If you watch the behind the scenes, there's a lot of problems. Actors not caring. Um, the studio doing no promotion for it. This is a movie that was supposed was supposed to fail, but it didn't. It endured. It made it through. And it is regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't know what else to say, man. Like... I love this movie. It's okay. Um, I love this movie. One of my favorites. It is my favorite. I I can watch this over and over again and not be uh, not be disappointed with it. Again, my favorite episode in Lego Star Wars Two is to play this one, Episode Four. Got a great beginning, middle, and end. Um, even if you don't watch any of the other ones, this is a great movie that follows the hero's journey to a T. You know, you could tell George Lucas read. Uh, what is his name? Well, you could tell he read that that famous book, uh, "Hero of a Thousand Faces." Uh, wish I remembered the author's name. I'm pulling a blank, guys. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, it, Joseph Campbell, there we go. It, it's great. I love this series. This is the one that started it all. Yeah, that's it, man. Those are my thoughts and feelings on Star Wars movies, rankings, great series. All right. Now, this is the last time I will ever do anything Star Wars related. Um, I know there's new shows coming out, I know there's new movies being discussed and planned, but this is it for me. I, I'm done. Um, it doesn't mean I won't watch them, but I'm done reviewing them. I think, I think it's had a good run. For curiosity reasons or for fan reasons, I'll watch the other stuff, but I'm not going to review it. This is the last one. So you may be wondering, so what am I going to do now, after... Star Wars week. What, what's going to replace that? Well, um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but a couple months ago, I asked my followers and between the Marvel movies and James Bond, and we came up with James Bond, so that's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to do all of the James Bond movies, including the ones that aren't from Eon Pictures, 
So like Never Say Never Again, the original Casino Royale with Jimmy Bond instead of James Bond, and the uh, the comedic Casino Royale with Woody Allen and Orson Welles and uh, all these uh, David Neven who was the who was Ian Fleming's choice for James Bond, but that never came through. Anyways, it's going to be about James Bond. I'm excited. I haven't seen all of them, so I'm really looking forward to checking them all out. And, uh, yeah, so that's the end of Star Wars. Alright, next time I'll discuss the next film for Disney Week. Based on the classic legend of King Arthur, this episode is all about the Sword in the Stone, 1963. Alright guys, well until next time, this has been Surfing Through Cinema with Harrison Skullin. Take care.